0: Welcome to RCV
1: Clips, short recordings and interviews designed to introduce listeners to helpful tools and brief explanations about Ranked Choice Voting and how this voting method works. These clips are produced by the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center, a compilation of best practices and first-hand experiences from jurisdictions that have used Ranked Choice Voting, also known as RCV. The website, www.rankedchoicevoting.org, and the overall project serves as resources for election administrators, voters, policymakers, candidates, and for anyone who wants to learn more about ranked choice voting. We are not advocacy focused, rather, we aim to provide resources that allow jurisdictions to implement RCV effectively and efficiently. The RCV Resource Center team is comprised of former election administrators who have conducted statewide, municipal, and district RCV elections. Welcome to the August 2018 episode of RCV Clips. I'm Karen Brinson-Bell, an election administration consultant with the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center. Today we're actually getting back to basics. We realized when planning for this month's episode that we haven't covered questions like why places adopt RCV, how single winner RCV works. We've got a whole episode in February, 2018, that covers the intricacies of multi-winner, if you want to hear more about that. But today we wanted to bring back some attention to just the single winner method of ranked choice voting. Talk also about where it's used, how to fill out an RCV ballot. So we wanted to take a step back this month and talk with Connie Schmidt about just that. Connie is a member of our Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center team and she has decades of election administration experience. She's helped Minneapolis with their RCV implementations in 2013 and 17. So if you want to see some visuals to go along with this episode, like ballots, illustrations of the counting process, and more, check out the show notes on your podcast app for links to those resources, including a webinar that Connie did on this subject um, many months ago. So Connie, thanks for joining us today to talk about the basics of ranked choice voting.
0: Thanks Karen, it's so nice to be with you all today.
1: We'll just start off with the why. Why do cities, states even adopt Ranked Choice Voting, or RCV, and what benefits do people see from the voting method?
0: Well, I think there's a lot of things that I've seen, particularly my experience mainly has been in the city of Minneapolis, where I actually saw Ranked Choice Voting for the first time being used. But many places, um, it eliminates the primary election, and it can eliminate a runoff election. And for everyone involved in elections, they translate that quickly to dollar signs and dollars being saved. It also um, avoids plurality winners. So in most instances with ranked choice voting, the winner of the election um, is going to receive at least 50% or more of the votes cast. That translates easily to um, campaigns that seem to be a lot more civil in nature. Uh, Candidates Uh, usually are more inclined to uh, not tear down another candidate. They want to get the first vote and maybe the second choice vote from all voters. So civil campaigns has been uh, basically an an outcome of ranked choice voting, um, which equals a lot of broader voter participation. Voters don't have to go to the polls, but just one time. They're not going to vote in a primary and then having to come back a couple of months later and vote again in that same election. And of course, for election administrators, serving our UACAVA, our military overseas voters, has really been a challenging uh, thing for us to do because of concerns with trying to get our ballots out to the military and overseas voters on time. In the event there, if, with the primary election quickly followed by a general election or a runoff election, it makes it sometimes almost impossible to get that second ballot out to the military overseas voters. So ranked choice voting ballots, being able to send those out just one time to those voters um, really helps to solve that problem and makes it easier for um, those voters to participate.
1: And I'll touch on that as my next question, you mentioned the UACAVA. So that's Uniformed and Overseas Citizens Act, uh, for those who aren't familiar with that terminology. And can you tell us, tell our listeners where where that's used for UACAVA purposes?
0: Well, right now, um, we're, the ones I know of right now are um, Arkansas, Alabama, uh, South Carolina, Mississippi, Louisiana, and then there's the city in Illinois, Springfield, Illinois, that are currently um, distributing those ballots to military overseas voters as ranked choice voting ballots.
1: Great. And then you've mentioned Minneapolis as being one of the locations that uses RCV for their, um, elections in general. And what are some of the other places that have adopted RCV and are using it?
0: Well, I think I've, um, it's easier to talk about the, um, The cities, the big cities that are using it right now, San Francisco, uh, California has used it for quite a long time. Cambridge, Massachusetts, um, Minneapolis, of course, and St. Paul in Minnesota. Uh, Recently, Santa Fe, New Mexico just recently had their first ranked choice voting election. Tacoma Park, Maryland, and there are cities also in uh, Colorado that are using it. In Maine, we just had our first statewide as everyone knows ranked choice voting election in June and so so they're they're like got the most attention right now with for the first statewide ranked choice voting
1: and are there other locations that we can share that are on the horizon we'll be using it next or have adopted ranked choice
0: well, voting we are we at the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center are excited about um, the, kind of a little bit of a surge in interest in ranked choice voting. Um, there's Benton County, Oregon um, is really close to uh, being able to implement. Uh, there's been a lot of discussion in Memphis, Tennessee, the city, and in Sarasota, Florida. Um, we're aware of current ballot initiatives that are in the state of Colorado and so we've been um, available to to talk back and forth with um, their election administrators. And in the state of Utah, the cities, municipalities out there currently now have the option to choose to do their municipal elections using ranked choice voting.
1: It's exciting to see the growing interest. It's definitely keeping us busy. I think you would agree with that. Yeah, um, and, and there's even some others on the horizon, and so we'll just have to keep folks posted on on those developments. Um, I think ones that we didn't touch on, Las Cruces, New Mexico, has adopted it, and Amherst, Massachusetts, and those have all those have both been in just the last couple of months. So uh, stay tuned, I guess, is what we would tell our listeners.
0: No kidding.
1: Um, so let's get into some of the the how tos. How does a voter even mark a ranked choice ballot? What's that process like?
0: Well, it's actually very simple. And in my experiences um, on the ground, um, in places that are actually administering it, um, the voters are not having a problem. It's as simple as one, two, three. And they could have more rankings beyond that, depending on how many rankings the jurisdiction is gonna allow. The common thread is three rankings right now. So you vote for your first choice, then you get to vote for your second choice. And then if you have a third choice, you can vote for your third choice. And the voters truly don't seem to have a problem with it. I know in uh, 2009 in Minneapolis, 95% of the voters said it was simple to rank. And that was their first ranked choice voting election.
1: Minneapolis makes me think of of some of the voter education efforts you've discussed with with me and others on the team before. Can you talk a little bit about how you've you've seen Minneapolis and other places, the voter education efforts that they've made and how they've had that kind of success rate on um, or, or feedback from the voters?
0: Well, I'm a big person um, that really touts uh, voter education. It's like one of the most important things, especially when you're implementing anything new, and that could be new voting equipment or a new voting method like ranked choice voting. So Minneapolis, right from the very beginning, they decided to send out what they call a voter information guide. And they mail one to every household in the city. And they started doing that in 2009. And they've done it in every ranked choice voting election because they only use ranked choice voting every four years in the municipal elections. Um, But the voters have all said that they've ranked that at the very top in the post-election survey as the best way they have understood how to do it. And the second right below that is the explanations that they get. In the polling place, from the boots on the ground, are poll workers. Um, that last bit of information on: Do you understand how to mark your ballot right before they go in to mark their ballot?
1: So it sounds like ballot instruction and and just even some simple guidance for for locations that don't have or aren't the size of Minneapolis, don't have as many media outlets and things. Uh, just basic instruction at the polling place has been an effective education tool?
0: Absolutely. Just to ask a voter, do you know what ranked choice voting is? Do you need help in understanding how to mark your ballot? And the poll workers are all, um, they have a handout they give when the voter comes in if they have a question. And again, it's that simple one, two, three handout and very simple, um, simple instruction, simple ballot design with clear instructions is the key.
1: And and going back to Minneapolis again, and and just sticking with voter education in general, I know they made an effort, especially in this past election, to give explanation of how the ballots are actually counted for the voters to understand. Can you give our listeners some basic explanation here on how the ballots are counted?
0: Sure. And again, um, there's a lot of visuals on our um, org website, um, If you're interested in looking at more information on that, but tabulation rounds can easily be described as the first election results that come out on election night are just like any other election results. The votes are counted for the first ranking, and if any candidate receives over 50% of the votes, uh, they're declared the winner and it's over. If we don't have a candidate with over 50%, the candidate receiving the fewest number of votes is basically eliminated. And those second choice votes on those ballots are redistributed to the remaining candidates and we tabulate again. If Again, if we have a candidate with over 50%, it stops and they're the winner. And so the tabulation rounds continue until we have a winner or we're down to just two candidates. And it's really that simple.
1: Is there anything else you'd want to touch on, Connie? I know that You and I, in particular, seem to have traveled a good bit representing the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center and and have been in front of some legislative bodies and conferences. So I know that you've got experience just explaining this for the first time out with folks. So I'll give you an opportunity, if there's anything else you want to touch on, um, to share that at this
0: point. Well, I think I forgot to mention, and this is really important to me as a former election administrator, is voter intent. And um, that's handled differently in every jurisdiction that uses ranked choice voting, but I'm a big advocate for erring on the part of the voter. And so some jurisdictions uh, have implemented rules that if a voter skips a ranking, overvotes, or repeats a candidate, and it was basically a voter error, they give the voter intent to the next highest continuing um, ranking, and they count that that vote. Um, And again, that's handled differently in in various jurisdictions, but I'm just um, in favor of always giving voter intent if there's a ballot that can be counted. Um, But I think, you know, voters, if they have good education if there's really good ballot design and layout and we focus on voter education and we inform candidates and media on how we're going to tabulate and how simple it is, to understand that tabulation, it's it's really not difficult to implement and administer.
1: Great. Thank you, Connie, for doing this with us today. And I think this will be a valuable podcast for our listeners. Thank
0: you, Karen.
1: Thank you for joining us today for our August RCV clip. This is a monthly segment produced by the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center. You can subscribe to our podcast anywhere you get podcasts. Please take some time to rate and review RCB clips. Our theme music is Flutterby by Poddington Bear. Until next time, I'm Karen Brinson-Bell. On behalf of my colleagues Connie Schmidt, Chris Hughes, and the rest of the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center.